Yo MTG Taps is sponsored by LegitMTG.com. Strategy, streams, and singles, LegitMTG has it all. Oh yeah, and now us. So check us out every Friday on LegitMTG.com and stop back every weekday for more great Magic the Gathering content and product. MTG Taps. I'm Big Head Joe. And I'm Stephen Marshall. And uh, we've got a great show this week. Uh, we played in GPDFW, Grand Prix Dallas, Fort Worth. Um, and we have a half success story. Um, and I think, I guess all told, we probably have a one quarter success story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um,. Anyway, well, you know, I mean, uh, our buddy Peter made day two and actually cashed, so that was really awesome. Um, congratulations to Peter. Uh, but let's just get right into it. So uh, we had a buy, which is nice. That was very nice. Getting there at 10, sweet. Um, literally is enabling my, uh, my trip to Atlanta, which is so cool, because I'm going to Atlanta in November, and uh, we're taking the Amtrak train from Baltimore overnight into Atlanta mm -hmm. and it gets there at 8:15, and then we're taking a lift to the convention center. So it would be kind of cutting it way close if I had no buys, but since it'll almost certainly be check-in at 10, you know, then it's going to be a beautiful thing and I'll be able to just get there and do the thing. So, uh, looking forward to that. Um, just got that travel booked uh, yesterday, actually. So I'm pretty excited to get that finalized. Um, anyway, moving on to what's actually happening, or what actually happened last weekend. Uh, everything I said about uh, Magic Origins Sealed goes out the window when your pool has three evolving wilds in it. So um, I played three colors. <laughs> I played... Um, Planes. I played. I'll just read my deck because this was my deck. Uh, I had eight planes, five forests, one mountain, three evolving wilds, two elvish visionary, a cleric of the forward order, uh, grasp of the hieromancer. I think that's what it's called. I just wrote it. Gra G star R star A star S star P because that was a line from a cutscene in Dragon Warrior. Or Double Dragon 2, rather, when you're escaping and you grab onto the helicopter to escape. But anyway. I'm glad um, you enjoyed that joke. I, I enjoy that joke greatly, which is why, I, I don't know, it, it entertained me writing it down like that. Um, one Knight of the White Orchid, uh, one Dwinan's Elite, one Might of the Masses, one Throwing Knife, one Celestial Flare, two Blessed Spirits, one Aroas' Champion, one Mana Gorger Hydra, one Amprin Tactician, one Zendikar Incarnate, one Lightning Angel... Uh, Lightning Javelin, Lightning Angel is a totally different card. One Lightning Javelin, one Archangel of Tithes. So yes, that's right. I splashed red in a deck with double white and triple white spells. Uh, one Wild Instincts, one Farika's Disciple, uh, one Knightly Valor, one Rocks Maulers, one Zendikar's Royal, and one Sentinel of the Eternal Watch. So that was my main. <clears throat> I had a sideboard plan. Um, just like sleeved up that went to, that would have taken me into, uh, into black, um, where I could have gone, uh, green black, or I could have gone, um, uh, white black with the, like maintaining the red splash. Uh, I also allowed myself to cut the red splash in situations where I felt like the deck needed to be more consistent throughout the day. And it went really well. So, Long story short, I went 8-1 and one on day one, which was super sweet. Uh, my only loss was to Pat Cox. 
you know, I mean, I think he honestly just had a better deck than me for one. Uh, but for two, he managed to resolve a tragic arrogance against me in both games. And in both games, I was totally not playing around tragic arrogance. I was just overextending, um, which was totally my fault. I uh, shouldn't have overextended as much as I did. I should have been able to have follow-up plays. Uh, but I didn't allow those. So I got totally blown out. Anyway, the one round that really sticks out to me... Well, I, had, I know I had one game where I won. I came back from three life. But the, the round that sticks out to me is round seven. No, it was round eight. Um, I do not remember the name of my opponent. He was a member of the uh, uh, MTG Mint Card team. Uh, I was six and one. You know, it's a winning in at that point uh, for day two. Uh, Steven, you managed to see some of this game. Mm -hmm. Um, This was utter madness. So game one, I just get smashed. I get smashed by him. Uh, After game one, I was like, man, my deck cannot beat this deck. So I was like, let me try this. Let me try this black splash that I have uh, sitting here ready to go. So I started to put that together. And um, I don't know. I, I, had, I hadn't really thought it through too much in terms of what goes in, what comes out. All I had was my main deck written down. I didn't have like an alternate plan of what would definitely come out. So I'm kind of scrambling. Uh, I probably took uh, longer than the allotted three minutes uh, that you get for sideboarding between matches. Uh, if, if my opponent wanted to, he could have called a judge and... and and I could have gotten a warning, and it would have been uh, deserved. Uh, but he didn't. He gave me the time. Uh, I started, so I, I, I pile shuffle to see if I've got the deck together, and it's 36 cards. I'm like, oh, no. So I go to look at my, I'm like, what did I forget? And I'm like, oh, here's the swamps. Those are probably important. So I put those in. I shuffle up, and I look, and it's 44 cards. I'm like, oh, crap. So I start taking random stuff. and just start throwing stuff out till it's 40 cards. I just didn't know what, I, I was just scrambling. So, um... So we shuffle up, we go to game two, and I can't remember what happened in game two, but I won fast. I won really fast. So I was like, okay, good. Now I can stop and take a few minutes and see what the hell I just did. So I'm looking at my deck. First of all, I've got 19 lands. (laughs) I, I I don't even know what the hell I did. So I had 19 lands, which is sweet because it's like, oh, sweet. I get to board in two free cards. You know, because I just wasted two slots on lands that are just excessive in my deck. So I cut it back down to 17, got everything together, and and went into game three. Game three started getting really long. We both kind of clogged up the board and getting close to the end of time. So, and, and it's not looking good for me. Like, we're, we're clogging up the board, but then he sticks an Alhameret. Uh, and he names my Mage Ring Responder in hand as the card I can't cast. I have no hard removal left um, for his for his Alhamaret at that point, uh, but I did have the Sentinel of the Eternal Watch, so I was able to at least tap it down every turn. Uh, then he manages to get a Stratus Walk on a Rock Smaller, and he swings in for four, and it goes it goes renowned. Uh, him swinging for four took me to four life, so I'm at four. I untap, I go to take my turn. You know, both of his flyers are tapped down at that point, but they'll be untapped next turn. And I'm looking at this board state, and I go, you know, I just can't win from this. Uh, well, you know, I'm not going to just, like, let him, just, I'm not going to just pass the turn and let him swing in and finish me off. Let's just, let's just, let's just screw, screw with him a little bit. I was like, okay, swing with everything. So I just swing with my whole team. I have no plan at this point. I just swing with the team. And as he's making his blocks, I start to realize, because he's kind of low life too. As he starts making his blocks, I'm realizing that I've got Mage Ring Responder in my hand. I can't cast it. The other card I have in my hand that he has written down, that he knows about, is Macabre Waltz. And, um, and he is setting up his blockers, and as his blockers are set up, he has... Um, his one of his blockers set to kill my cleric of the forward order while I'm at four life. So, um, you know, I start to see the out, and I was like, "Oh my god, I have an out! This is not real." So, uh, he finished finalizes blockers, put everything in the graveyard. It dies. 
Um, then I cast the Macabre Waltz. I get back the Cleric. Of course I discard the Mage Ring Responder for the Rubbins, right? Um, play the Cleric. Gain two life. Go to six life. The next turn, because I had a lot of Vigilance creatures, thanks to Knightly Valor. Um, the next turn... He goes into combat. I tap down his 6-6 six, six flying rock smaller. Uh, and he swings in with the Alhameret and everything else. I'm able to, to block enough stuff so no other damage gets through. And it was actually weird because he had the, uh, the wolf that can give trample. So I had to be really careful. <laughs> At first when I'm setting up my blockers, I'm like, oh crap. I've set him up in a way that you know he's going to give this thing trample and kill me. So I, so I, you know, I rearranged them. So that no points of damage would go through other than the five in the air. I go to one life. I crack back the next turn for the win. And that may have been the craziest game of Magic I've ever played. Uh, in terms of coming back from having no chance to just pulling it out. Um, now, I know you had a lot of... You were very critical of my of my play in that match. No, I don't think so. No? Um... I think you could have just left back. There's ways for you to continue to swing, but leave back a blocker, mm-hmm. and then just macabre waltz back the blocker. Yeah, uh, and then just have like a mul- multiple blockers while you're swinging in, and so it, it would have worked either way. Although if he hadn't blocked that way, then he would have absolutely won the game. He would have. That's correct. There, because I had no sack outlet for the card. Um, and, and then another thing that the thing that that uh, Peter criticized me on was that, uh, and this is funny, he's like, so he had a 4-4, I guess, was it a 4, he might have had a Brock Smaller, and then like two other creatures. He had a 4-4, and then like a 2-1 and a 2-2. And I had a 4-4 First Strike Vigilance. Mm-hmm. He's like, how come you main phase Cruel revivaled the the 4-4 and then swung with your creature he's like why didn't you wait for him to because he was obviously setting up to triple block you why didn't you let him triple block and then and then blow him out with the removal spell and like my answer was pretty much because cruel revival is like a sorcery it's so good so I didn't think about that. Like, it's such a good removal spell that I just, like, my brain was like, well, no way I can use that in combat. Let me just kill this thing. You know, like... Yeah. Because, I mean, it's just such a good spell. That I was just like, that can't be an instant. <laughs> Even though I know it's an instant. And my brain was like, well, I better use this now. Yeah, that's... Um, in terms of, like, things I'm trying to work on improving is actually watching my own games on Magic Online... Um, just to kind of like, cause I, I feel like when I'm watching people, I am like 10 times better than when I'm playing, uh, at least in paper. Uh, I feel like for some reason when I'm playing on moto, it's like I'm watching someone play, but I can like just tell them what to do. <laughs> cause I feel like I play materially better, uh, online than I do in person. Cause That's like, I, like whenever I'm like watching you play, like, although you kept getting into these ridiculous board states, like, um, it was, I think two rounds before round eight. Uh huh. Um, the guy had like I don't know. I, it was just like a it was just a stupid board. I think it was even bigger than than the board in round eight. But I think your advantage was that like um, it just got so complex <laughs> that like uh, you were able to make less mistakes than your opponent hmm. and win the game. Which I mean that's essentially what we're all doing, you know. So I won that like, game. Exactly. Sweet. Oh, no, it's just that, like, <laughs> like I was like watching this guy, and I'm like, it's just like clear as day when you just, I don't know, if there's like some way to just like reset when you're actually playing a game because you just get such tunnel vision when you're playing. I know, like I do when I'm playing, um, because you, you just you're just like focused on what's happened most recently, and you just forget about like uh, things that were important in the prior board states or things that you did while you're setting up. Because um, basically, you're at like I don't know, like. I think eight or 12 life or something like that. And he had a four power creature and a Jesse and thief for that matter. And it was like just a total clogged board state. And he had a rogues passage. Yeah. He was just sitting there, not activating it. Yeah. Why wasn't he getting in for drawing a card every turn? Or just, he had you on a three turn clock with the power to to do it. I was just like, uh, and then like, like Peter looked at me and I was like, I just like try to give like a like a don't even ask me that <laughs> don't even like don't even mention or like 
motion towards it. Just right, right. Just, like, <laughs> just be cool. Just be cool, man. <laughs> it's happening. Just let it happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um. And I feel like there's probably situations in game states where that's happening to me. I'm the guy with the rogues passage, and I just don't realize it. And uh, I feel like I should be taking advantage of the fact that you can basically on uh, Magic Online watch, like, your plays. Like, you can watch a replay of all of your games, essentially. Yeah. Um, and I, would, I should probably start taking advantage of that to uh, try to improve my game. I'm going to I'm going to take advantage of that too, but not from watching them on Magic Online because for some reason I can't wrap my head around that. <laughs> but uh this is something I'm really excited to announce. Uh starting this Sunday, this episode posts on Friday, so 2 days from when this episode posts, Sunday August 2nd and every Sunday thereafter where I'm in town. Um, I will be streaming for Legit MTG uh, from their Twitch channel. So twitch.tv slash Legit MTG. Um, I'm doing a Sunday night uh, limited show called Head Games with Big Head Joe because it's a terrible foreigner song. Actually, it's a pretty awesome foreigner song, but it's a terrible card, and I like to name things after terrible cards so oh, okay i thought it was a reference to the wrestler head you mean uh, al snow yeah wasn't he like y'all ready for some head or whatever like what does everybody want what does everybody need because he had the little mannequin yeah. head no no that has nothing to do with al snow but i probably will have to write help me across my forehead on <laughs> multiple occasions uh because i'm so bad at draft I, I feel like if i had to rate my abilities in limited on a scale of one to ten i would say my abilities as a sealed deck player honestly i'd give myself an eight and a half out of ten being the absolute best I just feel so good about it. I mean, I mean, I mean, I've got results. I mean, I can, I can talk, I can talk this stuff, and then not have done anything with sealed. But I mean, think about it, dude. I, I'm just, I'm just shocked to even like be able to say this. I'm 15 and three in my last two day ones combined. Like, that's awesome. That's something I'm really proud of. You know, like that's a great record for two days of of sealed at Grand Prix events, you know? That's an awesome record. But I'm doing... I mean, okay, so I did great in terms of not tanking it like I did this time. I did great in the um, in the booster drafts for Modern Masters 2015. They're my first two booster drafts ever, 2-1-3-0. You know, that's, that's just... That's cool. I was so happy about that. <laughs> this event, not so much. Um, I totally tanked both drafts. Uh, the first draft, I actually drafted like a black-red aggro deck, and I wasn't—I was a little iffy about it. But then um, Ari Lax was building right across from me, and as he got up, he was like, "Your deck's sweet." I was like, <laughs> "I was like, okay, you know, Ari likes my deck, so that's pretty cool." You know, it gave me a, just a little bit of a confidence boost on that deck. So I had this, you know, super aggro deck. Um, in in round in the first draft, and I played against uh, Michael Majors in uh, round ten, and he managed to resolve a turn one molten vortex against me both games, which mm. is just super rough for a deck with like so mono good. two toughness. Yeah, I mean like it was just it was just really really solid. Um, there there wasn't much. I could do I I okay well the main thing I could have done that I didn't do was I actually had I had a white splash available just through a couple planes and an evolving wilds and sheer luck but I did have an enlightened aesthetic is that the name of the card that kills the enchantment yep yeah I did have one of those in my sideboard um so I could have technically boarded in when I saw that enchantment game one, and that enchantment is something I lose to, like almost auto lose to. Um, I could have boarded that in and just stretched my mana and tried to, you know, hope I draw it and and 
deal with it before it completely wipes me out. Uh, but I didn't do that. I didn't take that option. I took the safer option of um, of just hoping he didn't have it turn one again, you know, like, or the more risky option, I guess. Well, I don't know. They're both equal risk, I feel. Um, and he just had it game one both games. Um, I played around as best I could, but there's only so much playing around it you can do. So that was good. It, yeah, it's really good. It's really good. It was it – was, he had a great deck. Uh, it was it was a good it was a good match. I didn't come close though. Uh, and and this is the thing is like you know the other thing that I always talk about and always preach to everybody is just lose with dignity. You know if you're really a pro player, if you really think you are on the professional level, then act professional. You know when you lose, you just reach your hand out, you shake the hand, you say good game, good luck next round. You just act like a gentleman, you know? You tell um, them how nice it must be to top deck like a f- prep. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> no. You know, I, I mean, I, and, I, and I feel like I managed to do that all day Sunday, which was just a really good thing because I did a lot of losing on Sunday. Spoiler alert. Did a lot of losing. And I could have felt real bad about it, but I just, like, laughed it off and just had a good time. So I lost that deck. Round 11, I... I don't remember who I played or what I played against, but I managed to pull out a win. So that was useful. And then round 12, I play against uh, a green-black elf deck. Turn two, Leaf Gilder. Turns three, four, and five. Shaman, Shaman, Shaman. Nice. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, whoa. You know? And again, like, I didn't go, oh, man, drew him. And he drew And he did it. He did it three, four, and five, games one and three. I won game two, but game three, he had them one after the other again. And I didn't get salty about it. I didn't go, oh, must be nice to draw three. Nope, nothing like that. Man, your deck is great. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, it was. It was a great elf deck. It was the best elf deck I've seen drafted. So, you know, nothing but respect there. And so I went one and two in the first draft, you know. So I'm now at this point, I'm sitting X3. Uh, still a great chance to cash. I just have to not tank the next draft. <laughs> well, lo and behold, <laughs> I completely tanked the second draft. Um, my pack one pick one was a claustrophobia. No crime in that. It's perfectly serviceable pick one. I mean, you're not uh, super psyched about it, though. Not really, but it's a great removal spell. It's fun, um, yeah. But then what happened was... I don't remember what I picked pick two. It might have been like a red spell. It might have been like a lightning javelin or something. I don't even know. But anyway, my problem was by like pick three or four, I was like totally decided I was in like red blue. Mm. Like, and I just, and I, I think that's been the problem I've had with this entire draft format is that like I, I draft like two or three good cards and I'm like, all right, here we go. Now, in pack two, like mid-pack, I get past a Reeve Soul, and I pass it. Right behind it was an Unholy Hunger. Oh, no. And I pass it. You know, that was the signal. Once I saw that Reeve Soul, I should have taken the Reeve Soul and switched gears. But I was too stubborn and too undisciplined in draft to be able to aud- audible like that. And that's, that's a major thing. It's a major problem. Um, so that's going to be the main thing I'm working on in, uh, in, in my uh, stream, at least for the first couple weeks, is we're just hitting up Origins drafts. We're just hitting eight fours, not even like anything more forgiving than an eight four. We're hitting the eight fours, and we're making this work. We're turning this thing around. So that's the plan here. I've got I've to represent Legit MTG in a couple weeks for Team Sealed. I feel good about the Team Sealed, but then it's Team Draft. I believe Team Draft Day 2, or actually might be a second Sealed Pool Day 2, but then like the top four drafts. I don't remember how it goes exactly. Either way, at some point, because I'm expecting to win the event, I'm going to have to Team Draft. So I don't want to suck at this draft format. In two weeks. So that's what I'm working on. I'm going to hit these eight fours. We're going to draft some origins. And and we're going to make this thing work. So 
So that's the plan. But anyway, so I drafted this terrible, terrible blue-red deck. Miserable blue-red deck. I mean, I just looked at it, and I'm like, this is just the worst. I know this is the worst. So when you're drafting, are you looking for signals? Like, do you note what you're passing in uh, pack one and then note what gets back to you? Sometimes I'm I'm I don't know I mean I'm, I don't I I would put this is what I was getting at I would put my my abilities in sealed at like a eight point five out of ten mm-hmm. I would put my abilities in draft at around a four mm. like I really you know what I mean I really feel like it's it's uh the thing I need to improve on the most I did I did good at Modern Masters um. But that doesn't mean. But I was able to. I was able to pick up signals. Well, and I the was, thing is, is that if you just go single-mindedly into an archetype, it that that strategy has a very high amount of variance. Yeah, yeah, I know. It'll either work out amazingly well, or it'll just be a complete train wreck. Yeah, or you're stuck. You know, you're just you're stuck drafting stuff that you're just completely unhappy with. You're passing stuff that you're like, why don't I have that? What is wrong with me? I was so confused in that draft. No, it wasn't that. Was it that draft? No, it was a di- that was the other draft. At one point in the first draft, I drafted a Llanowar Wastes because I thought I grabbed a Rock Smaller, and like <laughs> I didn't grab the Rock Smaller. When I looked at my when I looked at re- my review, I was like, oh, I don't have anything green. This was dumb. <laughs> but anyway. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's one thing I was able to do. Uh, I did like a practice draft on Friday before yeah. the GP, and I was able to, even though I picked two uh, Sentinel of the Eternal Watch and picked three to Patron of the Valance, so two like really great white cards, I realized that in those packs I had also passed a couple white cards like that were also still pretty good, like Suppression Bonds and Swift Reckoning. Yeah. And realized that I was likely putting the person directly to my left in white. Right. And I noticed that I was not like white was just not open uh, for the rest of that uh, pack one, um, but I knew green like green was essentially open. So like basically like you can almost force one color because you can just cut whoever's to your left at least in one color, unless you're both really stubborn and open a rare and just in the same color and just go all in. Um, and so like usually that's what I try to do. I try to stick to one color as closely as possible. Uh, to just like you know, just be mindful of what I'm putting the next you know, one to two people to my left in, and then I'll just be looking out like in putting out feelers, um, for what might be open. So like right. I saw like a will breaker or whatever like pack seven or pick seven pack one. So I was like oh yeah. maybe maybe blues open. I saw an unholy hunger um, wheel, and so that was like kind of a clue. <laughs> so I, I picked that. Um, and then pack two, I think I got past the, uh, the two, two that makes a demon. And so I was yeah. like, okay, well clearly black's the other color. And that just, I just dropped all the white. I, I drafted, dropped all the blue. I drafted and just, um, I let the draft actually take me out of two really great white picks. Yeah. Uh, and it turns out, yeah, the person to my left was in white. So it was, uh, and I, th- I think that's the thing that like, that's, I think that's another one of the problems I have is that I put way too much like stock in my first like two or three picks mm. where yeah, I'm that's, like, that's so hard to like well, abandon them. Right. Where I'm like, Oh, well I wasted my first pick on something, you know, where I could have taken something totally different. But then like, so I, I think that's where I start getting stubborn. Well, I pick, I pack one, picked one that I should have that. I deserve that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And I just, I think that that's one of my big problems. Um, so I'm really gonna, like, one of my main focuses when I draft, oh, and I'm actually going to Friday Night Magic this week. Oh, to, nice. To, to draft. Um, because I just need more drafts. I'm, I'm just so, you know what I mean? I'm just trying to draft as much as possible right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I really need to focus on this. So this is my, this is my singular focus, um, with the exception of the two nights I'm going to practice Team Sealed with Jeff. Nice. Um, because we're going to practice Tuesday nights. For the two Tuesdays leading into Detroit, we're going to practice Team Sealed at his place. Very nice. I feel like that'll actually give you a pretty big leg up, because I feel a lot of, like a lot of people will just show up, be like, "Hey, I got two friends. Let's let's play some limited." Right, right. And and it's like, going to be hard to build. Maybe. No, I mean, think about it. 
We built two-headed giant, right? Mm-hmm. We had 12 packs. Yeah. This is three decks, 12 packs. Yeah. No extra pack. Yeah, like, I actually have no idea how hard it is because I've never built a three-person sealed pool. It's going to be super hard. And then the other interesting thing is that you have player A, player B, player C. Mm-hmm. So each team's players, player A plays against one another, each team's player B plays against one another, and each team's player C plays against one another. So it's about positioning, like, who's your strongest player? Where do we think they'll put their strongest players? Probably you have to B. make You have to make this choice at the beginning of the day. You know what yeah. I mean? And that stays. Um, I would imagine the strongest player is in the middle. You think? Yeah, because they can help either person to their left or right. Maybe. I don't. I don't know how that even works. Like if they can actually talk to each other. Yeah. In game, I don't. I've. I literally. Have That's never the whole done point of before. Team Sealed. I've literally never done this before. So. Um, uh, well, actually, I mean, I don't know if you finish early or not. I don't know how that works. Yeah, I don't even know. So, um, anyway, it's gonna be fun. It's super new experience, but. Uh, but in a format I feel really good about, so it'll be cool. Um, but anyway, draft is something I'm focusing on nonstop. Just to just to wrap up, I don't remember what I played against. Played against somebody with face-to-face games round 13 and got crushed. Um, I had a tur- I had a very bad misplay because I could have stayed alive or maybe won game one. Because I had that uh, Mizium Meddler guy, the one that changes the target of a spell, mm-hmm. um, in my hand. And I was like, and, I, and but my brain was going, I'm going to drop this down and, and, and block with it to keep myself alive. He casts an Infernal Scarring on one of his creatures. Mm. I could have I could have just dropped it, took the enchantment. Yep. And then been able to not only kill one of his creatures, but then had something to crack back with, with the next turn. But I wasn't even thinking of taking the enchantment. I was just like, I'm going to play this to, to, to block. But instead, having that infernal scarring for my opponent was lethal. So I just lost. And I was like, okay, great. This is how the rest of this day is going, huh? So, um, yeah, I lost that round. Uh, I don't remember a single thing about my second round. And then my third round, I played against Adam Yurchik, mm-hmm. and uh, I like that guy. <laughs> I like Adam Yurchik. I like his style. He had official proxies in his deck because he messed them up while shuffling. Uh, <laughs> no sleeves. Pulls out a crumpled up napkin out of his pocket to write down life totals on. I was like, I dig this dude's style. I like this guy. Very <laughs> nice guy. You know, like, he, he was super, super fun to talk to, super fun to play against, and more importantly, super fun to lose to. And so I 0-3'd the very last draft, finished my day 9-6, and six, no prize. <laughs> mm. <laughs> Which is a little rough. Um, but uh, I actually, and this is the thing, like, this is like I'm saying about being totally zen about the whole thing, I... Went up to Adam after the match, like after the standings, and I was like, did you make the cut? He was like, 99th. It paid out to 100th. I was like, yeah. Like, I was like super happy for him. Shook his hand. I was like, you know, congratulations. I'm glad I was able to do at least some good in the world, you know, and, and, and get him above the threshold to get a prize. So, you know. Rather than being salty about it, man, I was just so nice and just, I don't know. I'm proud of myself for having such a terrible day and and prac and and staying where I claim I stay in terms of my my mood and my tilt or lack thereof. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like keeping myself at that level really felt like an achievement because it's it's a tough day, you know, regardless of of how level-headed I I stayed, it's a tough day to to make it in the, to start day one at 29th place and to end the day 150th place. <laughs> there's there's not too much fun in that result. Um, but it's just about your attitude and, and, and just staying positive because I know I can get back there and I know I can do better. So, you know, just do it next time. 
how did you do at the Grand Prix? Um, how was your day and yeah. how was your deck, et cetera? Yeah. Not so hot. Um, so I basically put together a green-red deck, and I ran 18 lands, which I had been locking a lot when I uh, did a few drafts beforehand. Uh, for some reason, it stuck in my head what you are talking about, um, how a lot of your games are coming down to just mana issues. And I noticed that happening with me as well, even though this format and the cost, the mana cost and the mana intensity of the cards I'm putting in my decks don't appear to be that markedly different from prior formats but i just really enjoyed the safety blanket of 18 lands and i had a deck with a good excuse to run 18 lands so um i had a molten vortex first and foremost which yep. <laughs> that's a great reason to run a bunch could of have gone lands. to 19 if you ask me <laughs> oh, okay that's insane uh, well uh, with that card yeah sure well not with the other cards i had so i had a nissa what? as well would you run 19 shocks in your deck? Uh, maybe. I'm not sure, actually. Probably no. Actually, no. That's too many. <laughs> this is different. This is like the optionality. Would you like? Uh, these are like you know, <laughs> you drop like a turn one molten vortex with like enough land to cast your spells, and it just feels feels amazing. I I I know. I've I've been on methadone since I did that. Like, I, I, just can't, I, I can't replace. I'm still chasing that feeling. <laughs> I know how it feels to be on the other end of it, so I can imagine how amazing it felt for my opponent to have it. <laughs> it's so fantastic. Because, like, what's your fear after you cast your spell? So I don't want to flood. And you will never flood again. Isn't that a great feeling? It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. It's such a good card. Yeah. Um, so, I, okay, let me just run through real quick. I had a multi yeah, yeah. text. Uh, I had a dearth of two drops, which was kind of the weakness of my deck. I had Elvish Visionary, Dragon Fodder, Titanic Growth. That's it. Uh, wow. That's not a lot of two drops. Well, did you load up on threes to compensate? Sure did. <laughs> okay, good. Well, that's fine, though. Yeah, I had two Hitchcock Recluses to kind of like hold the ground, a Crone Sergeant, uh -huh. and a card that I didn't think was really playable going into the GP, but uh, two Nissa's Pilgrimages. Yeah. Uh, which were just fine in my deck because obviously, once you have a molten vortex out, uh, it's two and a green. And if you have spell mastery, draw three shocks. That's or two shocks and ramp you. I mean, that's a pretty good deal. Right. Um, I can yeah, because I can always just use the extra land in my hand. Um, and then I had Zendikar Incarnate to take advantage of all the extra lands. Um, and then I had a whole bunch of five and six drops. So I was trying to ramp. Like I just wanted to skip. To five essentially, because uh, I had two Rock Smallers and Ember Mahillion, um, Chandra's Fury, which was great. Which I had two of those, mm -hmm. uh, especially because my deck was bad against like really aggressive two drops and one toughness. Like you know all the all the things that made the all the thopters. Yeah, I really <laughs> need an answer to those. And mm -hmm. one Chandra's Fury was just not enough. Um, and I had a Volcanic Rambler. And a Vastwood Gorger. Vastwood Gorger was unnecessary. Um, I realized that with uh, I had a, an Evolving Wilds. And the fact that I was already running 18 lands, I could easily splash one planes to play the Sentinel, which was in my sideboard. Yeah. And I just I sided that in every single game. And it was Yeah, fantastic. I was going to say, that probably should have been main deck. Just it like, sh uh, should have been. And, you know, uh, Pat Cox, after uh, my loss to him in the Sealed in day one, uh, you know, I was showing him what I boarded at, in against him. He's like, oh, man. He's like, because I, I, I didn't have Majoring Responder in my main deck. Oh, no. Well, I was just, like, running, like, several five drops. I was running Sentinel the Eternal Watch. And I was just like, man, I don't feel good having the seven drop in my deck. So, but then it kept coming up that I felt like I needed it. And he was like, oh, man, you should have that in your main deck. He's like, you should be boarding that in every game. And I think that, like, from that round on, I did pretty much board it in every game. Yeah, that card's um, really good. <laughs> it's good. It's not great. Like, there are, there are some really aggressive archetypes in the sure. sealed format. So that's why I didn't feel very comfortable running it in my main. Because I was just like, man, if I play against the, you know, like the Thopter deck or something similar where it's just, like, a bunch of aggressive creatures uh, and cheap flyers, like having this thing on turn seven that when I, if I untap with it, 
is going to kill a 1-1 for 7 damage. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, it just didn't feel good. And actually, like, there were situations where I had it and would swing with it, and it just didn't feel great. Um, but there were a lot of matches where it came in, it turned out, you know? Um, so yeah, so that was, that was one that I felt like I probably should have had main and you probably should have had your Sentinel main. Oh yeah. But, uh, I was just too focused. I was, I turned into you for some reason. I was too focused on having like just silky smooth mana. <laughs> yeah. But it, it, it helps a lot though. I yeah. Mean, like in this format, like cause I did, cause I even did it. Like I think at least two matches, I just took out my splash. Like, I was... And I think it also had a lot to do with, like, there were enchantment-heavy decks. So I sided in the Caterpillar and the Aesthetic and, like, you know, and just took out my, my splash cards and just added a little more consistency. Because mm-hmm. I was like, I just need to be consistent. I need to get these things down. And, yeah. But uh, the other thing that was really great was having uh, Zendikar's uh, Royal. Yeah. With three evolving wilds in my deck. Seems good. It was pretty good. Um, I took that thing out a lot, though. Yeah. Boarded, I mean, I would not be afraid out to a do lot. that. Yeah. Oh, I got to blow someone out that had a Zendikar's uh, Royal going. Oh, yeah? Yeah, because I had uh, Ember Mahillion in my deck. Yeah. Which was fantastic. It's great with Dragon Fodder, which is normally not a great card, but I had Ember Mahillion and Somber Waldolfa. So when you're swinging with those guys, they swing for two, which is great. Um, but I had I had Chandra's Fury with the Hellion out, so got to deal five and wipe their board. And two to all their their land. I got to do that to elementals. you in practice too. Yeah, you did. <laughs> that was fun. Yeah, you did because you just mono open Ember Maul Hellions. Pretty much, I've had that card three or four times. Yeah, you have. You've had it. You've had it an unreasonable amount of times. <laughs> yeah, I, there's like cards that have been following me. Uh, that's one of them. Online, for some reason, Thopter Spy Network is one. Which... Yeah, I've always been too scared to draft it. I wound up passing it in the second draft, where I wound up in blue-red, which is funny. I played it in a sealed deck. Yeah. Uh, online. <laughs> it was actually probably the best sealed pool I've ever opened, I think. Really? Yeah, like literally every single opponent could not help themselves to a man four rounds every single one was like oh my god the rares in your pool must be nice uh like every single one uh let me see if i can have the deck pulled up just a sec it's uh it's pretty ludicrous uh, Did they really say that stuff in the chat or whatever yes every oh, every see, single I, opponent my see just like in hearthstone my first action when a match starts is i x out the chat I don't look at the chat. I, uh, I you actually don't to, like hear the lamentations of your. I puppets. never, I never look at the chat. I just exit out and get rid of it, and then just play my match. I don't, I don't say anything, good or bad. I just am the silent opponent. I'm the so one who doesn't allow them to have their fun. Yeah, it was the. I had Key and Peel. I had uh, the Thopter Spy Network. Two <laughs> like, great tastes that taste great together. Yeah. I had a Foil Harbinger of Tides. That was nice to open. Nice. Uh, I had a couple Fiery Impulses. That's standard. Jesse and Thief. A couple of the, you know, uh, Artifact Makers. Two Tower Geists. And then a Will Breaker and a Disciple of the Ring. So what you, you basically drop Will Breaker. And then on six, you drop Disciple of the Ring. And then Exile to, like, tap one of the creatures and gain control of it. So that's wow. pretty fun. Yeah, that was ridiculous. That one was a pretty easy 4-0. Um, on my actual GP sealed deck, I start off 4-0, and my deck's weakness is the fact that it doesn't do well against two drops. So one thing I noticed that you could actually do was side in um, bonded constructs, the colorless one drops that are two ones that, can, that cannot attack alone. Yeah. But they can block alone just fine. So if you have an opponent with like a Topin Free Blade and you just don't know what to do against that, you just bring a couple of those guys in. Um, yeah. I just, for some reason, it just did not occur to me to do that until like round three or four. Uh, Sweet, though. Yeah. It's a, really, it's a really good plan. 
that helped that helped a lot versus my weakness, which was low drops and especially flyers. Uh, I have two Hitchclaw recluses, and that's it. Um, and in terms of removal, I have Fiery Impulse, uh, Lightning Javelin, uh, Chandra's Fury, if you want to count that, and then Molten Vortex. So, kind of an issue. Um, basically, um, I, I started off 4-0. My first opponent I lost to was just blue-white aggressive flyers. Yeah. And, you know, I tried to burn one of them, and they had the... Um, in shrouding mist to counter it. And I was like, okay, that's not good. And then I had a Hitchclaw recluse. Uh, so I was able to block cast Titanic growth on it. And I got celestial flared. So I just had no answers to the flyers after that and lost. Um, there's, I, I could have possibly, I wish I could have rewatched the match. Cause I feel like I could have started swinging with some of my larger creatures to try to make it a race, but I'm not sure if that would have worked, but uh, I just lost the flyers and that was kind of the, kind of the, uh, weakness of my deck second loss came from uh it was a really weird match uh actually i had cast a dragon fodder and my opponent reeve sold one of them huh and then swift reckoning the other and i was like this is really weird i wonder what's going on i i i just don't i don't understand what's going on like <laughs> Like eight eight life. Like I don't I don't even. What's this green black deck doing? And then he cast a Gaia's Revenge. Gaia's Revenge. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what the heck he's I doing. Did, I didn't do the math. I was like, what is going on here? Why are you blowing like two premium removal spells? On I'm like I felt amazing. I'm like yeah, I'll trade the Dragon Fodder for two really good removal spells. Sure, <laughs> sounds good to me. Yeah. Um, there was a match in round four. I want to say. Which was a lot of fun because it was a match where I was at one very early on in the match and still won it. Uh, those always feel pretty nice. And it was especially because I was a stickler on the triggers. Like he missed his heroic triggers, I think, twice. And he even like declared... Renowned. Like, Renowned! God, I get those things so confused. I think it's because a lot of them are soldiers like soldier creatures and a lot of the heroic creatures were also soldier. Yeah. Um, but anyway, yeah, he missed his renowned triggers multiple times. And like, he'd even say like, okay, so second main, I want to cast this. Oh, and, uh, I, I got that renowned trigger. I'm like, well, we could, we could try next, try, try, try for the next attack. We'll, we'll see if we can get those triggers. <laughs> I was like, I wasn't being like a you know a jerk about it or anything, but I was like, no, we'll we'll, we'll try next time. I think I think we've passed that already. Um, and yeah, I ended up at one life, so he did not feel too good about that. Um, and it, the, he ended up at one, or I actually ended up winning off of his Kotho fed lose life trigger. <laughs> so it was just a bunch of stuff going on. I was like, no, 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 you can no, that's a that's a must. Yeah, you have to hit that trigger. That's fine. Um, but, uh, let's see. Third loss, which was very sad, uh, was my winning in last round. And I'm not even really sure what happened. It was a weird match. <laughs> uh, my opponent got multiple game warnings, um, cause he tried to fiery impulse me for the win in game one. And that doesn't work cause it only targets creatures. Um, and then I forgot what else happened. He accidentally drew up to seven after mulling to six in game three. Um, and and I did do a good job or a better job at uh, during the GP of playing fast, making sure my opponents play fast, and uh, just being a stickler. And if there's anything amiss, calling the judge. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, so, you know, call the judge on that again. <laughs> So he got right. uh, second warning uh, of the match. And actually, the penalty was, like, mulling down to five. Right. Um, and I got stuck on three lands. And I think he kept – he said he kept four lands plus a Crone Sergeant. And just, just you know, of course, I lost some. Like, oh, he ripped like a champ. Uh, but he got the uh, – I forgot what he countered. He countered basically, like, my only three drop. Um, and then dropped a Disciple of the Ring and was able to 
<laughs> counter any removal I had. Um, and eventually dropped like the 4-4 flyer for 6 and a Prickleboar, and I was just like, I just got run over. Yeah. So, uh, I don't... Too bad. Yeah, it's all right. And so I, uh, after that, continued my tradition after I lost in GP Vegas, I, I just went online and just went on like one of my all-time best like streaks in terms of limited. <laughs> I think like after after GP Vegas, I missed day one. Just you know, when I got back, I had some time off, so I I don't know how many drafts I did, but I at one point was twenty twenty two or twenty three and four, which I thought was really good at the time. And then after this GP, I've done three pre-release seals, so four rounds and a draft, and I'm. 15 and one currently in the format online. Um, and so like my limited rating is like never like, you know, and I, I'm not usually really high on my limited rating, but I think it's like 1830 right now. Um, yeah. 1830, which is the highest by a, like a large margin it's ever been for me. Huh. Uh, so I need to find a way because I keep coming like within one match of either top eight or, you know, day two in the last several tournaments, not PPDQs yeah. for some reason, PPDQs, no problem. Get to the top eight, losing the first round. Happens every time. <laughs> Got that down. But for like SEG events or um, the old PTQs and especially GPs, my last several GPs um, or states, just like one match away from top eight or not top, either top eight or day two. Um, and so that's either at some point it's not a coincidence. It's either like psychological or it's just a matter of logistics uh, in terms of practicing um, because after I get back from the GP, I feel pretty good about the limited format. I do now about Magic Origins, but I need to get a GP's worth of experience in these limited events before I go to the GP. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think that would you know dramatically improve my results. Um, so I need to either start playing in paper more often because that's the only way uh, for the last couple of GPs that you could actually. Uh, practice for these things because you know like magic origins went live on moto friday at noon which is when the doors open for gp dallas so <laughs> yeah i either need to go to a gp where it's been live online for like a week or two or just start playing more in paper so that's uh that's those those are some of my goals for the next limited gp my goals are just to improve it at see a draft do everything in my power and play as many drafts as i can um, not just in the next couple of weeks, but, you know, I'm going to Madison, Wisconsin. I'm going to Atlanta. Those are going to be Battle for Zendikar uh, mm. limited, you know. So I want to be – I want to I want to get my draft abilities from a four to, like, a seven in the next, like, three months. Like, that's really where I'm at is I really want to, like, start taking draft more seriously and just really um, learn the skills that I need to draft more successfully. So that's the the mission, and I'm going to do it publicly, which is great. Mm. You know, I like that. I like, you know, putting it out there, seeing the progress, recording the progress, yeah, and hopefully uh, taking that, that aspect of my game to the next level. So that's just... Uh, Something I'm looking forward to doing. Was there anything else you want to talk about about the Grand Prix? I like Towergeist a whole lot. Oh, it's a fantastic card. Like, I just feel like that card advantage is, like, really important and sealed. And there's yeah. just not that many sources of it in this format. Yeah, that's why you can run Elvish Visionary in a non-elf deck and not bat an eye. Oh, that's fine. That's perfectly that's fine. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. It's just, like... Absolutely. I'm like, well, I'm in green. I run all of these, and what else? You know, like... <laughs> yeah, like I was playing against someone that managed to cast two Tower Geists, and I was just looking at my hand, I'm like, I only have two cards. So what does he got? He's got the same board state as me. Why does he have five cards in hand? This is ridiculous. Like, you know, I was just like, there's no way. Yeah. He's, he's winning this resource battle. Yeah, 2-2 two, two Flyer that replaces itself is just insane. Um... It's a great card. Pro Tours next week. 
Yeah, next weekend's the Pro Tour. Uh, standard plus drafts. Mm-hmm. So that'll be exciting, and I will be watching those drafts like a hawk. Oh, nice. Um, probably, most likely not live, because I'm probably going to be working. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm going to go out of my way to watch those drafts. I'm actually going to go back through and watch the uh, the archive drafts from the Grand Prix we just were at, too. Oh, nice. Because uh, they've apparently got Shuhei's entire draft in the coverage archive, and uh, he won the event, so... It seems yeah. like there was a lot more pros at this event than normal GPs. I think it was because it was a smaller GP than Vegas, which was like kind of like anchoring our expectations, where you just couldn't see anyone, much less pros, because there's just so right. many people there. Right. And combined with the fact that this is the limited format of the Pro Tour the week before the Pro Tour in the continent that they're hosting the Pro Tour. So, like, I think a lot of the people from, like, overseas are just like, well, <laughs> might as well go to America. Right. Right, exactly. You might as well play in it, right? Um, yes, that probably had a lot to do with it, but it was great. I mean, it, I, I felt like it was really great having that extra challenge of mm-hmm. uh, of having some of the top players. I liked uh, it a lot because it was like it's just different than than Vegas, where it was a uh, this was quality, not quantity of players. True. Yeah, absolutely. It was cool. It was fun. I'm looking forward to Detroit in a couple of weeks here. Um, there's one thing I want to talk about, I think, before we leave, mm-hmm. that you're going to be very pleased with. Um, I don't know if you saw this or not. The but convention in Dallas? Beginning with Battle of Zendikar, no more seeded pre-release packs. Whoa. They're gone. Take we're that, ju- newbies. We're, take, we, we're, we're doing straight-up sealed. Like, each player... At a pre-release, we'll receive a stamped preview card that can be any rare or mythic from the set. Can you play it in your deck? I don't believe so. Ah. I don't know. Maybe you can. I don't know. I haven't seen the rule on that. I don't know how I feel about that, though. (laughs) So, like, you could get an Arid Mesa or you could get, like, a Bulk Rare. You really think there's going to be fetch lands in this set? Okay, let me let me tell you what I was talking to Joey about earlier, because I was talking to Joey on the phone, uh, just shooting the breeze. And um, we play a game called Magic. Mm-hmm. Magic is a game that is played by people who complain about every single thing. Mm-hmm. Right? The people who make this game have social media. Mm-hmm. The people who complain about this game can complain to the people who make this game mm-hmm. on social media. Mm-hmm. Um, and of, yet. Of all the stupid things that people have complained about with no basis in in realism, expecting fetch lands in a set with the word Zendikar in it is a very reasonable expectation. Hmm. It's an expectation that Wizards almost has to be aware of slapping the name Zendikar on their fall set. If they do not put Arid Mesa and the rest of the enemy fetches in battle for Zendikar, they're going to have to spend the next month or two after the full spoiler is released dealing with the backlash of the people who complain about everything, complaining about something they almost have a right to complain about. They don't want that. We don't want that. Nobody wants that. Wizards wants to make money. Mm -hmm. Wizards puts out sets of cards to make money off of people buying those cards. When you slap the name Zendikar on a box... And you don't put fetch lands in there. You're literally like you're just you're just not literally. You're burning money. You're you're wasting money. You're losing money. You're not making the money you should be making by putting Zendikar on there and putting the expected fetch lands in there, which will lead to the players just buying these things in swarms, like they did with cons, like they did with the original Zendikar. 
You know, like if hmm. you put Zendikar on there, it's almost like an advertisement that says fetch lands. Like to me, when I like, what do you equate Zendikar with? Goblin like, Guide. You th- Goblin Guide, sure, but I think Goblin Guide is going to get reprinted too. I don't. I do. The reason why is because um, they are actively printing stuff that can be played in modern. True. They're actively reprinting modern staples. He has and, been conspicuously absent from the Modern Master series. He has. He should have been in Modern Masters 2015. The fact that he wasn't is almost a guarantee that he will be in Battle for Zendikar. Um, because he needs to, it needs a reprint. Burn is a real deck. They've ne- they haven't banned Lightning Bolt. It's obvious they want Burn to be a deck in the format. So they want more people to have access to Burn, so they're going to reprint Goblin Guide. And Zendikar is Goblin Guide's home. Home of the Fetchlands. Home of the Goblin Guide. And I'm putting bomber. it. I'm putting it at about a hundred percent that Goblin Guide and the Fetchlands get reprinted in Battle for Zendikar. You know, for I kind of hope it doesn't. For for like just just because like you like to watch the world burn. Yeah, I want them to like have a presentation, and they're like. We, we, you know how you know what that we're going back to Zendikar, guys. You know what that means. You allied, allied it to you, vampire tribal. Get excited, battle for Zendikar. And they just drop the mic and leave. Yeah, allied pain lands coming soon. <laughs> oh, so I battle thought for you Zendikar were, pack you near meant, you. I thought you were going to make an allies joke, but I think that actually will be in the set. Allies. Yeah. Oh yeah, allies have got to be in the set. Um, I think they're gonna. I think they're gonna rehash a lot of the old themes, uh, but they also could go in a totally different direction. I think they will, because you know this is a different time in in Zendikar's history. Enemy man lands, please. But fetch lands, enemy fetch lands, goblin guide, one hundred percent in battle for Zendikar. <laughs> Just one. Just put just put Arid Mesa in. Just, just Arid, Arid Mesa. <laughs> yeah. That would be good. But I'm 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 almost guaranteeing that. Well, by saying 100%, I'm guaranteeing that. Reprint the Allied Fetchlands. They're like just one more time. Yeah, you loved these. You guys got so excited. With, yeah. What the hell? What's the deal? I thought you liked these. We thought we were making you happy. Well, these 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 Allied Fetchlands have. Jace in the art, so we thought that would be really cool. Yeah, they're now they're a hundred dollars because they have Jace. This one off the rails. Yeah, totally. Why are That's all right. why are we speculating about Battle for Zendikar? <laughs> That's all right, happen? dude. I was I was I was straight up falling asleep while you were telling me about your uh, your Grand Prix experience. Oh, me too. <laughs> falling asleep while I was playing it. I'm just serious. I was I actually like. It would have been awesome if I actually fell asleep on the podcast, but like I came really close to just straight up falling asleep. I've had an exhausting day. Uh, I went to a Faith No More concert last night with Napalm Death opening. They were surprisingly good. Like, I mean, I liked them when I was younger, but like I, I liked their newest material more than anything else they played. I'm going to definitely buy their new album. Uh, so that's really cool. Uh, Faith No More... Oh, it's just a heaven. It was just heaven. Like I, I, like I feel like I have like five things left on my bucket list now that I've seen Faith No More in concert. Hmm. Like that's how significant it was <laughs> to me. It was a, it was a major moment in my life, and I'm really, really excited I got to see them. Uh, they've been part of my life for most of my life, and it's just really cool to get a chance to see them in concert and to hear them sound so good. And seem to be having so much fun doing this. You know, this isn't just like a cash grab tour. You know, you got these bands from like the late 80s, early 90s who'll come together and do a tour for money. You know, they're playing like medium-sized venues and playing a good mix of like new material from their new album, which I think just holds up against any of their previous work. And uh, 
and just having a blast doing it, going through all the hits, like hit, they hit a lot of songs from their album, the real thing, which was like their most commercially accessible album that I felt like they would have avoided, but they went right for it, man. No shame. It was just great. It was just so great to see them like celebrating their entire catalog to take a line from uh, office space. Um, that album have the one where he's like on the outside looking in. No, I actually don't know what place that guy finished in the Grand Prix. Let's try to figure it out. So uh, this weekend is the Pro Tour. We'll be back next week to talk about it. Uh, Make sure you tune in this Sunday, twitch.tv slash legitmtg. Uh, Evening-ish. I'll I'll let everyone know on Twitter exactly what time I have a birthday dinner to do. And then um, we'll be... Uh, I'll be doing that sh- shortly after. Um, so I'm thinking like 9 Eastern is my guess, but it could be a little later. I don't know. But I'm looking forward to it. I'm glad I'm doing it on a channel that has subscribers already. Because mine has like 11. Huh. <laughs> they were like, do you want to do it on ours? I'm like, heck yeah, I do. But it's also good because I can keep my stream for, like, other games, for, like, Elder Scrolls Online or, like, Hearthstone. So, cool. So, um, that's all we have for this week. Until then, uh, we are YoMTG Taps. Stop bitching. Start snoring. Woo! <laughs> we got a little tired Ric Flair. YoMTG Taps is available every bloody Friday forever on legitmtg.com, iwantmymtg.com, mtgcast.com, and iTunes. Email us, yomtgtaps at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Tumblr, yomtgtaps.tumblr.com. Follow us on Twitter, at yomtgtaps. Follow me on Twitter, at omgwtfbhjftw. Follow Steven on Twitter at M00NPI. Follow Joey on Twitter at Affinity for Blue. Featuring music by You'll Never Know and Logic Marsalis. Available at magneticmoments.bandcamp.com. Thanks for listening.